Welcome to Eurocron, a podcast about a wide variety of topics, including people, restaurants, travel, or wherever we can find a good story. And in some cases, maybe even create one. So let's get right to our next story. So uh, we are doing another travel series for Eurocron. We are on the island of Catalina, California. Already having a great time. We're here for Fourth of July weekend. It's a big weekend here. And um, we are on a Jeep tour today and we have a great tour guide, Mark. Hey, Mark. How you doing? We are doing wonderful. The weather is perfect. Uh, It's, of course, hot and humid in Texas, so we're glad to get out of that uh, stuff for a while. And Anyway, um, tell us uh, tell us what we're going to see today, Mark. Uh, hopefully, we'll see some bison. Um, I would give us a sixty-five percent chance. Uh, they were brought over in nineteen twenty-four. They brought over fourteen bison to film a movie, a western movie, allegedly called "The Thundering Herd," but nobody really knows because uh, the movie died on the editing room floor. Uh, so they brought fourteen over. Um, they got up to eight hundred in two thousand ten. And they have the same kind of stomach like a cow. They just eat grass, brush, and water. So in 2010, the 800 were too many. So they cattled up 600 and shipped them to a ranch in South Dakota. So right now there's approximately 200 roaming around. Yeah, and so we did the uh, zip line tour yesterday and uh, they gave us uh, a few fun facts as well. And uh, one that was kind of interesting to me was the what they told us about mule deer some couple thousand mule deer on the island which mule deer in texas that's like you know you've got to spend a lot of money and and uh, go a long way to kill a mule mule deer so but you guys have have a lot of and when, in fact levon and i we saw a couple of uh, deer yesterday i don't think they were mule but they were um, you know kind of skinny i mean is that an issue here uh, yeah, the one the ones you'll see in town, they've come into town to uh, get water and food. They're just uh, they're, they're, there's not enough out on the island. We we did get 10, 10 inches of rain this year. We averaged twelve, so it was a pretty good rain year. But um, we've, the last three years, we've only averaged five inches of rain, so it's been really dry. And when it gets really dry, you see a lot of the deer in town. Yeah, so um, I I wish, uh, of course, we'll we'll put some of these pictures on the Eurocom website, but. Uh, we're getting, I feel like we're getting to the top of the island here and it's just an incredible view. Yeah, we'll get up to the top at 1,432 feet in about 10 minutes right here. And we're gonna go down through here if this guy will let me, just a little switch back right here. Yeah, and these are these the uh, eucalyptus trees that we're yeah. around here? So um, before the Wrigley's were the Banning Brothers and they had the island up until 1919 when they sold it to the Wrigley's and they had stagecoaches from LA. So these roads were originally dirt, no trees and six horse stagecoaches going back and forth. So um, they built this little switchback called Wishbone. Um, so the stagecoaches had to go down because uh, they would have too much pace to make this right-hand turn. So they they would slow down, stop, come back up the hill so they would lose some pace on the way into town. Way more fun though, uh, local legend has it, if you come through here and make a wish, it comes true. <laughs> okay, well good, I'm gonna make a lot of wishes then because I've got a lot on my list. Uh, I don't think there's a limit. <laughs> okay, good. Wow, this is an incredible view. LaVon, can you take some pictures? Okay, so uh, where where are we? Are we on the north side of the island, or where are we in proximity? Uh, towards the southeast. Oh, south. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was about 180 degrees off then. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to be going northwest on the tour, so we're yeah we're down by the southeast end. Avalon's only four miles from the east end. Oh, okay. And just to kind of catch people up, just some things that uh, I've noticed in Catalina. 
Um, one tradition is you hear a lot of horns blowing around five o'clock. Yeah, that's been going on since uh, twenty since COVID since twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, other I don't know why I remember this random stuff, but I think the island, the first hotel, was built in eighteen eighty seven. Do I have that right? That is correct. Okay, and then uh, the hotel we're actually staying in the Macrae. Am I saying that right? Yeah, Hotel Macrae. Uh, Macrae. Yeah, that was built in nineteen twenty, and um, you know, there, I think there's been over four hundred movies or 600 movies, something like that, shot here over 90 years? Yeah, little bits and pieces of movies. Uh, uh, Mutiny on the Bounty was probably the most well-known one. Um, and then you'll see snippets of the island in commercials and little sitcoms also. Yeah, and th this is uh, strange timing, but I, I, I like watching old movies. And probably just uh, five or six weeks ago, I saw Mutiny on the Bounty the first time. So when I read that, I was telling LeBond that I, I think at the end of the movie, when the bounty was, cra you know, crash landing on the island, could that, was that Catalina that was? I believe so. Yeah. I it, it was. Because it looks like the, the point where we're staying. So, uh, yeah, so the Wrigley's, of course, uh, of Wrigley fame, Chicago Cubs owners, they they bought the island. And uh, another uh, fun fact, in World War II, they shut the island down. Correct. Yeah, with huge military, huge uh, Navy presence on the island during World War II. Yeah, and from what I understand, the strategy was uh, after Pearl Harbor was bombed that this was the uh, closest uh, U.S. controlled land to uh, Pearl Harbor at the time. Yeah, that's correct. We're the furthest west. That, yeah, um, the island is uh, 26 miles off the coast. They were worried that the, if Japan got a hold of this place, it would just be such a great location to, you know, being only 26 away from, miles away from the mainland. They were really concerned about the Japanese taking this over. So, um, Mark, tell us uh, about yourself. You're you're a native here. Yeah, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, and you you have an interesting uh, uh, background. Yeah, I was actually born here in 1966. Uh, my grandparents moved here in uh, uh, 1964. Uh, they built a gift shop called the Island Gift Shop. They had that from 1966 until uh, 1980. Um, I live in the house they built in 1966. I got it from my parents about five years ago. So I'm third generation in that house. I have an 18 year old son that's uh, fourth generation in that house. So it's pretty, 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 been pretty good, pretty good life over here. That That's incredible. And uh, you were in the golf business for a while and uh, you, you've had a, a couple of uh, career transitions since then. Yeah, I got out of the golf, I was in, in the golf business in Orange County as a PGH uh, golf professional. Uh, came over here in 2006 to do the golf course and then went to hotels for a while. And in the last year, um, switched over and got my real estate license and been driving for these guys uh, for a couple years and then been uh, driving around out here since I was 12. That's incredible. So we keep going up and up and up and uh, I, I feel like uh, we should be to the top, but uh, we, we, continue to, <laughs> we continue to climb. This is, this is awesome. It just keeps getting better as we, as we go up. So um, just to give everyone some weather perspective, it's been in the low 70s this week. Of course, humidity is non-existent practically. And, um, you know, one thing that surprised me a little bit because I've, I've served in San Diego and the water temperature there was about 55. That was in March. But the, the water uh, here, uh, there's a lot of folks in the water. And it's, it's refreshing. It's like in the low 70s. Low 70s, yeah. High 60s, low 70s usually. Yeah. And there is one airport on the island. 
uh, yeah, called the airport in the sky. We will be going by there uh, in about probably 20 minutes or so. Yeah. So um, you've, you've been doing these Jeep tours for how long? Uh, I've been doing it for a couple of years and been driving around out here since I was 12. So been a, it's, my, it's, it's been just really cool to get out of town. I, I love the island. I love the town, but it's really nice to get away from it for a couple hours every day. Yeah, of course, we'll put information about um, your your company and, and how to get a hold of you and, and get a tour if anybody wants to uh, come here. I highly recommend this, by the way. This, this is, we've done the zip line, we've done a lot of fun things, but this is really cool what we're seeing here. What, what is the name of your company? Uh, Catalina Taxi and Tour Company. Okay, and uh, the website? Uh, I got, I got you. I got you. Me. I got you covered. I would, You're getting oh, all the imports now. I'll, I'll get that. I think it's Catalina Transportation. Dot com, I believe. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get it on there. We'll shore that up. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a break because it looks like we're getting to the top of the island, and we'll we'll come back on in a little bit. We'll be right back. Today's episode is sponsored by Pitney Properties. Pitney Properties provides real estate services to buyers and sellers located in and around the Houston area. Having been raised in Texas, LeVon Pitney is incredibly well-versed in the area's housing market and always manages to find her clients those hidden gems that other agents tend to overlook. LeVon's relentless style and integrity allow her to hold client satisfaction at her highest priority. She works hard to make the entire home buying and selling experience as as productive and enjoyable as possible. Whether her clients are first-time buyers or seasoned investors, LeVon works tirelessly to accommodate their needs and exceed their expectations. To learn more about LeVon's real estate services, please don't hesitate to call her today at 713-805-8871. That's 713-805-8871. Or contact LeVon at sold at pitneyproperties.com. So we're already starting to get some uh, good stuff that, that I wanted to circle back to. Um, Mark is also a real estate agent, and he had an interesting uh, thing to talk about with the the, uh, the pipes and houses. And uh, uh, you guys use salt water. Yeah, our, our sewer is a salt a salt water system. So you have two sewer, two sewer lines, one salt, one fresh goes to the main, and then they treat it and then pump it away. Um, it's very good. It helps with our fresh water is always a problem. So that really helps with uh, conserving fresh water. Um, it's kind of bad for your pipes, cast iron pipes. So we get we get a clog here and there every every couple of years. Um, and then if you sell your home, you have to change that uh, cast iron piping to PVC. It's a contingency of the sale of a home. Yeah, and uh, we we saw some uh, pine trees back there too. That. Tell us about the pine trees. Yeah, the pine trees are, are not native to the island. They were planted in the 1930s and 40s. Uh, we had a huge fire go through here. I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, the, most of the pine trees survived it. There are some small ones at Haypress that we just went by that were planted after the fire. 
Yeah, and so, um, and you also mentioned that the Wrigley's actually own 11% of the island, so the balance of it is owned by the conservatory, you were saying? Yeah, so they gave 88% uh, of the land to the Conservancy in uh, 1972. On a 100-year lease, they can't build upon it. They have to leave it the way it is, hence the name Conservancy. It's a nonprofit. So they run very well with the island company. They work together very well. One's for-profit, one's non-profit, but they, they're, they've got members on each board that kind of keep, keep checks and balances in place. Yeah. And so we just uh, passed up a lake. Obviously, water's a, a big, uh, precious commodity here, as we talked about. And uh, the island gets about 12 inches of rain on average a year. And the lake actually has some uh, water in it now, but that's not always the case. Yeah, it was bone dry uh, up until uh, December. So we, we got 10 inches of rain this year, and that's on an average of 12. So it was a pretty good rain year, and it probably filled it about halfway up. Yeah. And you've actually, I think you said you had 25 inches a year uh, or 25 inches one year. Yeah, 2018, we had 25 inches of rain. There's a little park there, and the water was all the way up to that park. It was The lake was completely full. Wow, incredible. So we're stopping here. What uh, What's going on at this spot? So Toyon down to the right, it's the home of Simi Catalina Island Marine Institute. It's a marine biology camp for kids. Uh, they boat them over um, probably three or four days, study marine biology, and then take the boat back. Uh, been in place uh, for over 30 years. So I've had adults on the tour say they've gone to the camp there. And then to the left is an AM radio station, a local AM radio station. Uh, the other reason I stopped here, this is where the huge fire in uh, May of 2007 started. They were working on that power pole. The line got loose and hit the ground and it burned all the way into town. So it burned uh, 6,000 of the 42,000 acres, caught one building on the outside of town. They brought a bunch of firemen and women over from Camp Pendleton on a hovercraft, uh, a bunch of airplane water drops, helicopter water drops. Uh, luckily the wind shifted at the end of the day, the fog came in and the extra firemen, uh, it only hit that one building. Um, the glow of the fire was like one hill away from the center of town. So it would have been really bad had it gone through town. Wow, that's incredible. Now, uh, LaVon is a is an engineer. And so one thing she noticed, <laughs> she always knows stuff like this. But when we were ziplining yesterday, she noticed a metal pole on top of a butane tank and said, you know, that that could be a big problem if there was a lightning strike there. Uh, how often y'all actually get thunderstorms through here? A couple times a year, um, we get thunder and lightning. I would say two to two to four times a year. Okay, and so it's an island. Uh, I would imagine it takes takes some lightning strikes then. Yeah, it, it does. It, it, very seldom near Avalon, though. Um, and and actually, I don't think there's ever. I can't recall a fire or anything ever being started by lightning. I, I don't. I don't recall. Yeah, well, Avalon, of course, uh, one of the lower points on the island. So if it is, you know, if light is going to strike, I would think of it, it's got a lot of higher choices, to, yeah. so to speak, to choose from to, to strike. Yeah, we're, we're about 1400 feet now. When we get to the airport, we're at 1602 feet. So I would, I would imagine it would hit up here first way before Avalon. Okay. Okay. So the, the, uh, airport is actually one of the higher points or the, one of the, maybe the highest point of the island. Uh, it's the highest point we'll go to. There's two mountains, uh, one called Mount Blackjack that sits at uh, 2,010 feet, and Mount Orizaba sits at 2,100 feet. Those are the two tallest spots on the island. Yeah. In. Okay. Yeah. That's... Blackjack's the one with the tower, uh -huh. and Orizaba's the one with the flat top over to the left. Okay. And I, I see some clouds over there, so that must be the windward side of the island, some afternoon clouds forming. Yeah, so on the, on the windward west side, um, there's always something going on. Wind, clouds, and the temperature can change 20, 25 degrees from town sometimes. Wow. 
Um, and it, you know, it's obviously less populated. I imagine the seas are rougher and that kind of stuff on, on the windward side of the island. Is there, uh, is there anything worth going over there to see if you're by boat? Uh, yeah, Two Harbors is probably worth a day trip. Just go down, they've, they've got a little general store, restaurant, bar, uh, really nice hiking down in that area too. So any, anything you want, they have all the water stuff, your scuba, snorkel, kayak, all that stuff. So it, a day, maybe maybe one night, but then after that it would get pretty old, I would think. Yeah, I mean, Avalon is definitely where the, the center of all the action is. Yeah, definitely. There's 4,000 residents in Avalon year round. Uh, Two Harbors has 150. It's a very much a yacht community and also a lot, a lot of campers and hikers. Yeah, so of course we've met, I, I'm really surprised at how many uh, locals that we've met here with, with there being 4,000 people. We actually were fortunate to meet uh, one of the high school teachers. He's retired now. He also was the basketball coach, but uh, from everybody I've talked to, the graduating classes are uh, I guess range from 25 to 36 or so students. Yeah, it's right in there. It gets in the 40s now sometimes. I would say 25 to 45, somewhere in that range. Yeah, wow. Very cool. Okay, so we're going to talk about an interesting topic here. Uh, energy, transportation, all that good stuff. So, Levon and I, we, we uh, boated over here. Of course, you can helicopter. I guess those are the, the two, only the only two ways to get to the island. Yeah, you can take the passenger boat, uh, the Catalina Express, or the Island Express helicopter, or a private boat. Those yeah. would be the ways to get here. Yeah. So, Mark, uh, when we had the recorder off, he just shared a, a very interesting story I thought about um, when, what his parents did to ensure. Well, maybe let's start uh, with um, kind of uh, you don't you don't just go out and buy a car. There's one gas station on the island, so let maybe talk a little bit about how all that works yeah there's one gas station on the island uh, right now i think it's 879 a gallon um to get a car over here is really tough there's a 25 year wait to get a full-size car sticker um the reason they do that they want to limit the number of residential cars a lot of the companies have you know full-size cars maybe 20 or 30 per company but residential they want to keep that number down um my story was i uh when I was two years old, my parents put me on the list. Right now, there's a, like I said, there's a 25-year wait. So they put me on the list when I was two, and I got to the top when I was 16. So I was able to have a pickup truck my junior, senior year of high school. Yeah, and so we noticed there's a lot of small vehicles, Suzuki Samurai especially, which that was my second car back, or second vehicle back in the 80s. And uh, smart cars, I think you mentioned, but basically smaller cars, I think you said six months? Yeah, they go in the auto act category, and uh, once you've lived here for six months, then you can get a sticker for for uh, Suzuki Samurai that are chopped or golf cart sky and anything like that. Yeah, and uh, basic utilities, um, like you said, they're they're really not unreasonable considering. Yeah, it's gas, water, and electric. It's the only account in California where uh, Edison has the uh, water account. Our, our home, it's 1,200 square feet. I would say the average is, you know, all three, all three utilities is like 170 to 220 a month, which seems reasonable for all three. Yeah, that didn't sound bad at all. And then uh, another, I think, reasonable upcharge considering what fuel prices done the uh, ferry getting back over to the mainland. They added, uh, I think you said a 350 surcharge. Yeah, we can buy a commuter book as a local after living here six months. It basically cuts the, the normal fare in half. Um, and then they added, a, just recently, uh, last week, they added a $3.50 surcharge to both locals and visitors to cover the rising uh, fuel costs. 
Yeah, and so coming over, we we flew into Long Beach and and came over um, via boat from Long Beach. And I, the only two ways to get over the island are our boat and helicopter. And where are the ports, or where are the places that you can come over from the the mainland and catch a ride over to Catalina? So the boat, the Catalina Express, comes out of three ports. It comes out of Long Beach, uh, Dana Point, and San Pedro. Uh, Long Beach by far has the most boats. Uh, Dana Point and San Pedro go twice a day in the summer, once a day in the winter. Um, Long Beach probably in the summer has up to eight, nine, ten trips a day. And then there's another boat that comes out of Newport called the Flyer. It comes once a day. And then you can also take the helicopter. It, it also comes out of Long Beach. Now, something just ran across the road right there, but... Uh... A squirrel. Beachy squirrel. That's a pretty big squirrel. Yeah, yeah, they're super inbred. They're native to the island. It's a, it's called a, it's a ground squirrel. It's called a beachy squirrel. Beachy squirrel. And uh, we're getting to another kind of interesting spot on the island here. There's some uh, tall buildings, some palm trees. And uh, it, did, did you say this is the highest point of the island right here? So it's the highest point we go to. There's two mountains that are taller. Uh, this is the airport in the sky. It sits at uh, 1,602 feet. Oh yeah, and, and the highest point, I think you said 2100 or somewhere thereabouts? Yeah, Mount Orizaba sits at 2100 and then Mount Blackjack sits at uh, 2010 feet and those are the only two spots on the island above 2000. And what is this airport used for? Uh, small private planes, it's uh, Cessna's Pipers, the runway is 3000 feet long. Um, that type of airplane should use about 15 to 1700. Uh, problem is it's off the cliff on either side. so. You definitely can't be short or long. Yeah, and we were uh, reading about hikes and you were mentioning that there is a hike that's several days long. Uh, I think they rated it strenuous. Yeah, it's a Trans-Catalina Trail. It's uh, 38 and a half miles in total with four campgrounds along the way. I believe it's 7,900 feet of elevation gain during the hike. I, I would definitely put that in the strenuous category. <laughs> Yeah, and I think the, the least strenuous, there was a hike of about an hour and a half long or something like that that's pretty flat. Yeah, there's some walks in town that are, you know, two, two and a half, three miles. You could go out past the boat up and over the hill. I think it's a four mile hike with only like a mile uh, uphill, mile downhill and the rest flat. Yeah. So as we're pulling into the airport here, uh, there's a few planes parked here and there's actually one flying. I don't know if it's taken off or landing. Uh, they're all small like, uh, Mark said they're small Cessna type planes, and uh, yeah, this is this is pretty cool. That's their private home above the uh, above the barn there. That's uh, Jeff and Allison's private home, but we're not exactly sure what inside these buildings. I don't know if they're they made made them into like Airbnbs so the people can go to the wedding and not have to trek it back on this road. They're, it's a little secretive. Nobody really knows. Um, there was a local that had a wedding out here uh, three weeks ago, and that was the first event I've seen here. It's looked like this for about 14 months, so they, they should be really close to opening. Yeah, th this is a, a really neat place that we're driving up on. And like Mark was saying, it's, uh, Levon, did you get a picture of this? Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a massive place, uh, well fenced. Can I uh, back up? That's okay. okay. Yeah, no, that, this is good. But uh, yeah, we are on the windward side of the island. We just left the airport. It's a few degrees cooler. Uh, there's a nice breeze. There's some clouds now. So uh, we're, we're, you know, seeing a, a whole different part of the island and it feels different. It looks different. And uh, this place that we're looking at, um, Mark was saying, uh, kind of built maybe for like destination weddings and things. They did have one event after 14 months. But uh, like you said, it, it's, it's all kind of a mystery right now. 
Very cool. We did get a video of a plane taking off from the airport. Um, Mark was mentioning that's it's it's VFR. It's uh, <laughs> or you know I'm not a pilot, but just looking at that place, it looks pretty intimidating. Yeah, the runway's got a little bit of a slope to it, about two and a half degrees, I believe, left to right. It's got a little hump in it, so when you land, it kind of feels like you're taking off again. Uh, definitely visual flight rules, um, no instrument landings. Uh, the guy in the tower's there, but he's really not an air traffic controller. <laughs> oh, great. And you were saying the building was built in 1940? Uh, 1946. And the only thing they've changed on it uh, since then is the, the roof? Yeah, they've retiled the roof a couple times, painted, maybe changed a few of the tiles, but the, the main part of the building's still intact from, from 1946. Yeah, and I got a picture uh, we'll put on the Yercron website. It was a, a tile, this really big tile kind of map of Catalina Island. And, uh, oh yeah, there's a vineyard there. Okay, yeah, let's get a picture of that. So um, wine tours and stuff like that, I guess that's what they're planning on as well out here. Yeah, I would think so. Um, right now, that they grow uh, Pinot Grigio and Chardonnay grapes, I believe, and then they make the wine. Uh, Mr. Rusak has vineyards up in Santa Barbara. They pick it in around October-ish, and then they make they make the wine up in Santa Barbara. Um, as long as 75% of the grapes are from here, he can put Catalina on the label still. Oh, 75%, okay. Interesting. Yeah, it's 